Welcome to another CL Food Innovation bonus episode of the Food Professor Podcast. Savannah and I were thrilled to be the official podcast of the CL Food Innovation trade show held in Montreal in April. For many, the first in-person event since the COVID era began two years ago. We had the opportunity to meet and get to know many food innovators and entrepreneurs, creators and makers in the many facets of the food industry. These are their stories. Laurent, welcome to the Food Professor Podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for the, uh, the invite. It's really a real pleasure. Well, yeah. it's, it's great to be here with you. Uh, Sylvain, of course, with me here as well. We're in the Food Professor Podcast on the floor. It's the third day, third and final day. How's yeah. the show been? Yeah. Well, actually, it's been great to see people back again. Yeah. I almost, uh, I'm almost losing my voice because we're talking to so much people right actually, now. Actually, your voice is better than Wednesday. That's why I, uh, yeah. I wanted to do it, do it on, the, on the last day <laughs> after a ton of Ricola and a ton of alls uh, were <laughs> almost to the best point. Right on, right yeah. on. And yeah, the air is very, I mean, it's, it's funny. Uh, I, it's my second trade show. It's almost like you have to get back in shape for trade shows, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, the, like it's a bit of an endurance fest, right, for all of us. It's a lot of work for you guys. You're on it. You build up to the show. You got to move here. You got to run the show. It's, yeah. it's a lot of work. And, and once, once it's done, it's not done yet because you got to do all the, the call back and see all yeah, the, yeah. the people, the cards that you got. So, uh, it's not done yet, but uh, most of the fun is pretty much right now. Yeah, right. exactly. All right. Well, we jumped right in, so let's start yeah. more at the beginning. Tell us who you are and yes. about yeah. yourself and what you do and all about the company. Perfect. So my name is uh, Laurent Dallaire. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Laboratoire Inodal. So what we do is uh, that we develop and produce natural antimicrobial for the food processing industry. So we developed a new generation of natural antimicrobial that really targets pathogens that we found in the food industry, like Listeria, E. coli, Salmonella, real pathogens that cause diseases, but also recall for the food processing industry. Mm -hmm. So the goal for us was really to replace all, let's say, traditional or chemical preservative by natural solution. It's really a project. It's been five years that uh, Inodal is, is born. And it was born from uh, studies that we did at Laval, Univers Laval Univers University, um, where it was all born. And then f since then, it's been a, a great deal of just... So how, how far back are we going here? Is it two, three years ago? So actually, let's go really far back. So the real start of the technology really started like in the early 2000 with a couple wow. of professors really working on the basic of the technology. Okay. So what we use, basically, it's called bacteriocins. It's small protein that are produced by probiotic as a defense mechanism in their environment, and we use those bacteriocins on the food product. So it's really started really early on, and then when about I, twenty years ago, exactly. Mm. But uh, I wasn't there twenty years ago. I already happened to. Uh, to were come. you born twenty years ago? <laughs> <laughs> I was just, just looking. I guess just, I'm just not barely, sure you were around barely, twenty years. Barely. Yeah. But you, weren't, uh, you weren't concerned about bacteria. Uh, yeah. No, it was my, the least of my concern. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You actually were, you, go, you went after bacteria. <laughs> to to build, build the immune system yeah, exactly. at that point, exactly. But, uh, so, yes, yeah, so we restarted. Um, well, I got involved uh, seven years ago um, because I did my studies at Sherbrooke University in uh, biotech uh, engineering. Mm -hmm. And I was really a fan of just, at first, entrepreneurship. Because uh, I come from an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial family in uh, mechanical engineering, it was kind of the boring part of it—the mechanical engineering part. Uh, I really want—I was in love with all of those uh, microbes, uh, mm. uh, virus, and all you could do with that. So I now where, now where does that come from? Like, were you like that in the sandbox, or like, like where does this love of science 
is it from the family or where did it was there a a point in your life that you get that inspiration? Where did that come from? It, it came from a couple of courses that I, I had in, uh, in microbiology where you, you work with bacteria, you work with virus. It's like you work with the invisible, but there's so much thing you can do with it, like mm. enzyme, protein, vaccines. It, like the, the potential of it is huge. So it really was born from like that potential that was out there. And and we barely scratch, the, let's say, the surface of what we can do with it. Mm. Wow, that's good. And so, uh, where are you up to now? And uh, because you're on a journey, and it seems to be going very, very well. You're at Seattle here, so how are people reacting to your product? Uh, so, yeah, tell us more. For sure, like we, we've got really, a, let's say, a, an intriguing product because it's not a food product. We're really. No. Uh, Helping the food processor to. Well, Michael was looking for samples, and I said, "Well, that's not the right thing." <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to taste there or uh, to smell. Uh, it's it's really for the food processor. So, uh, basically, all our clients are at Seattle. They they're all with their at their booth exactly. right there. Yeah. So the whole industry is there. So for us, the the goal is to to walk it to meet them. But at the same time, we've got a, a booth because. We're talking about you, you bring them over absolutely because we're talking about antimicrobial. It's kind of a a concept that is hard to to grasp. Like mm. what are antimicrobial? How do I use it? How do I apply it? So at the boot, we've got like all the video, the sprays to really show how it works. How do I apply it, mm-hmm. apply it concretely, like in the production plant? And from that, it's really like it's an eye opener for most of them. So we we get a really good feedback because once again, just to, to be able to see it in real life. So let's say I'm a meat packer and right. I'm looking at your product, your technology. How does it work? Just walk us through how we can use your technology to make our food safe. Yeah. So like I said, we come back for the from the bacteria sin. So what we do is that we provide a liquid concentrate of the antimicrobial that the food, let's say meat packager, will use mainly right before packaging. Because when we were talking about, let's say, microbial contamination, it comes from two places. The raw material coming in, or mostly the operator handling the product, the environment that is mostly contaminated. So you have, you've got all those factors that possibly will contaminate your product. So we apply it either by spraying right before packaging on the surface of the product, or let's say you're doing, let's say, a sauce or sausage, we just apply it like it was an ingredient right into the mix uh, to treat the whole mass. Mm. But the main difference of what we do is that, there, that our solution is not an ingredient, it's a processing aid. So when the, the, the food processor uses it, it's really a punctual effect, and then the, the, antim- the antimicrobial will degrade, leaving only trace of amino acid, but it doesn't have to add it to its list of ingredients. Right. And for them, that's, that's the game big changer. One. That's the big one. They don't want one. chemicals. They don't want anything that people don't understand on their label. Right. Yeah. When we're talking about clean label, like the goal for everybody here at Seattle, it's mainly to to have almost nothing in the yeah. list of ingredients. That's mostly what well, most of the let's say, food processor, the customer, they, they want that. So when you're coming up to them and we have... Like we have a next big thing, new antimicrobial, and it doesn't appear to on your list of ingredients. Wow, now, now, now we're talking. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're reducing. So do you have any numbers that you can provide to your prospects in terms of how much money they can save while using your product, your technology? Yeah, I think the, the, the main number that really talks is that 
in Canada, year after year, we have around 60 to 80 recalls that are caused by pathogen. Yeah. Either listeria, Sounds about right. Yeah. So it's pretty huge for the industry. And it's really interesting to see, like, year after year, it doesn't change. It's always the same kind of number. So there's not, there's no improvement right now. Even if we have better control, better, like, standard, it's always out there, always... Uh, the risk is always out there. And in North America, on average, handling a recall costs around uh, 5 to $10 million in total. So we're including, like, get rid of the product, taking back the product from the groceries, the loss of revenue due to the, to the, the, mm-hmm. the, the loss of confidence from yeah. the grocer that will maybe, like, pull back the contract because oh, a recall is, is really public. Your brand is on the paper for the wrong reason. And it can basically kill your brand. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen many companies close. I mean, uh, you're just a recall. You're always a food recall away from closing your doors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Yeah. It, it, it's it's terrifying really to, to, to have to, let's say, endure that kind of event because mm-hmm. just just to be able to find, like, what what triggered it? Like, what's the starting point? Like, it's an investigation that could take, like, months and mm-hmm. years to really find out, like, what was the cause at the very beginning that caused that. So during that gap, well, you're basically, like, if you're not quick enough, you can close the shop. Now, at, at the lab, we do compare, we benchmark Canada with other countries when it comes to food safety practices. Canada has always ranked a top, as a top-tier country. Right. Uh, in fact, actually, according to the UN last year, uh, when looking at food security, one of the component of food security is food safety, and Canada ranked number one in the world. Impressive. So the market here is, is we're very good at managing risks. Uh, are you looking at other markets beyond Canada at this point? For sure. Like, Canada for us is like the starting point because we're getting Canadians, so first step there. But uh, we're already in process in the U.S. with the FDA to get the approval. And what's really interesting for us is that once you get the Health Canada approval and the FDA approval, basically you open up the Americas because you open up also South America as a market because you don't have such regulatories like we do here in Canada or the U.S. Is it it the case that once you get approved by Health Canada, it's easier... Or it's good. It's a good sign for the FDA. They they do they look favorably upon that? For sure, but it's it's, inter- it's, it's really interesting very because it's fifty fifty. I've got like huh. people in the ingredient industry that told us, oh, it's way harder with the FDA, or it's way harder with Health Canada. So it's like it really depends on what kind of technology that you have. But hmm. for sure, we're on the market. It's been two years. We're on the market with Health Canada. We're on the market with in, uh, with the Canadians already. Uh, we've got a background history of usage, so it's going to be for sure a, a help uh, with the FDA. Right, right. Are they verticals where you're more successful than others? Is there like a product in particular? Meat processing, where, or yeah. what, you know, where's is, where's is your product most commonly? Used? If if I have to guess, it's probably produce and and livestock, I guess, or meat. Well, actually, our first product is an anti-listeria solution, so. Uh, one of the main, let's say, domain where you find listeria, it's seafood product. Shrimp, ah, crab, lobster, yes. salmon. Right now, we, we're almost, we're uh, around 80% of the smoked salmon industry in Quebec are using our product because it's like a, really? a day-to-day problematic that they, they are aware of that. So we're, uh, we're working a lot of uh, all the producers, uh, like I said, in the crab industry. But uh, the other part, like you said, it's fresh, fresh vegetables. So lettuce, uh, mushroom, microgreens. Yeah. Because 
in between, like harvesting it at the at the farm and putting it on the shelf. There's, it, no, there's almost nothing in between. And, and it, so it doesn't really compromise the freshness of the product at all? At all. No? It's really a targeted antimicrobial effect. So you don't change wow. the color, texture, uh, all the organolytic quality of the product. It's really an, an antimicrobial that is really targeted. So do, you, do you extend the, sorry, do you, do you extend the shelf life of a, of a vegetable or, or, or a fruit with your product? So when we're talking about shelf life, we're always talking about, let's say, most of all, lactic acid bacteria because they're the one that will do a, a real alteration of the product. So it's going to be the, the part two of our technology. So right now we're focusing mostly of, on pathogens, but then uh, from the same technological basis, we're working to develop these kind of technologies that will really increase shelf life. Okay. But when we're talking about, let's say, uh, smoked salmon, the main limitation in terms of shelf life it's listed here, yeah. yeah. So we can increase the shelf life for those type of drugs where the limitation is really the pathogen. Wonderful. You know, for the listeners, um, I mean, it's a funny thing. You've described uh, the, the process, but at the application, a little bit more in the application, is it a mist that goes in? Is it a liquid? Like, let's take smoked salmon right. or seafood. You, so when you said seafood, I'm like, well, how does that get into lobster? And how, So describe that a little bit for the listeners so they, so they kind of have an idea. Y- you really got it. So it's, it's basically a mist. The, the goal is really to have an even application on the whole surface of the product. We're not talking about, let's say, live lobster because there's no point. The, 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 beast, is still, <laughs> the beast is still alive. So we won't treat that. But it's really like uh, when we... We, won't, we don't need you in Nova Scotia, but they need you in New Brunswick. That's what I've been, uh, yeah. been told. So uh, <laughs> it's really when we are, you, you transform, when you manipulate the product, when you open it up. So um, when we say about, let's say, a smoked salmon, we either treat like the, the rough fillet before smoking, or once it's, uh, it's sliced, we, we apply it as a mist on the conveyor right before uh, packaging because it's going uh, to have its immediate effect degrade but once it's packaged there's no risk of recontamination afterwards right so that's the final step like just before the final now it got me thinking is there a consumer application for your product could you make a mist that i could spray on my food as a it's 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 something that we've been asked a lot to do Mm -hmm. and there's still a a lot of education to do for the consumer because Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm talking to about listeria but let's say for the common of the mortals what's listeria it's, it's still a let's yeah, say an exactly. abstract concept so that's why we're retargeting at first I'm like, buying my food safe from the store why would I actually spend money to make my food safe at home well it's funny because it's not the first solution what's it Procter & Gamble came out with a whole solution to wash your vegetables in do you remember that it didn't yeah. do well you raise a pretty good point because the problem is that the E. coli and, and bacteria goes into the uh, leaves, right leaves. in. Right? You can't clean it out. Mm. So absolutely. But it's a good point that for this type of application, the consumer is almost the best person to use that solution because he's the one to open the salad up and really transform, cut it up. I've said to the CFIA over and over and over again, the most important risk manager in the entire supply chain is the consumer. Yeah. So they're the one. And if you want to look at food waste and how to rescue food, mm-hmm. you got to empower the consumer with either more information or better technology. So you can send us jugs of the stuff and if, we can be the yeah. influencers to start spritzing on it and your testers right just, exactly. just send me your address and I'll send you uh, all, all you need uh, that's what I'm after man there that's go, what I'm after here alright well listen listen fascinating uh, story it's a wonderful Canadian success story um, you know it's so great to meet you thank you for joining us yeah. uh, here in, in, on the Food Professor and, and uh, it's really interesting stuff so you're doing great work you're doing uh, mission work to keep our food safe and 
fantastic. So thanks again for sharing and continued success with uh, everything you do. Thank Congratulations, you very much. Laurent, and all the best to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, and uh, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this special bonus episode of The Food Professor. Stay tuned for plenty of great interviews from our podcast studio on the trade show floor in Montreal at CL, and stay tuned for our regular full-length episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you enjoy your podcast today.